0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I do that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks uh, that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And these are things outside of the training and nutrition uh, protocol, right? And these hold people back more than they think on um, there with that. So if you're interested, uh, the link is in the show notes to find out more, or you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you have any questions, if you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. There on that, and again, the link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about Body Green I have my free on Body Green what it is, how to do that, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. Second, if you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me there. And then lastly, uh, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that will be super helpful and it will help more people find this podcast. And again, I appreciate everybody who listens. So with that out of the way, I wanted to dive into today's question. First question was, is five days of training better than four for muscle growth? So I think this is a good question to go over training frequency, but also just to give you my thoughts on this. My thought uh, to just answer this like super quick, and then I'm going to dive into things a little bit more. Five days would only be better if it gets you to do more volume overall. But we also want to make sure that the quality of that volume is also good. If you do five days, what is that like? Yes, you should be able to get more volume because you're training more days, but is that good training volume or are you just winging it and just doing whatever, right? Because I I feel like I used to get myself into this mess where um, I thought more training days was better. I need to train six, seven days a week. And then by the sixth, seventh day, like the training volume was just so watered down that it's okay. Probably would have been better off maybe training a little less, having more quality volume, right? So I think five days is only better if you can get more quality volume. And I think in most cases, five days would be better, but we run into a time constraint, which we'll talk about there. or that we'll Yeah, we'll talk about this. I want to go over this. We can look at this from an overall standpoint, training four or five days overall, but also one time per week, training a certain muscle group or three times. What does the research say on this? I want to take this first from like a training a muscle group per week. And so they did a meta-analysis. And this was from Brad Schoenfeld in 2019. And the title of it was, how many times per week should a muscle be trained to maximize muscle hypertrophy? A systematic review and meta-analysis of studies examining the effects of resistance training frequencies. Meta-analysis obviously look over multiple studies on this topic. Usually they include certain criteria when they exclude things as well too, right? So they can do a deep dive of the current research and then they come up with a consensus of this, right? And so in this meta-analysis, they found that when muscle or when volume was equated, meaning they did the same amount of overall work per week, there was no difference in terms of how often you train a specific muscle group, right? So they state, in conclusion, there is strong evidence that resistance training frequency does not significantly or meaningfully impact muscle hypertrophy when volume is equated. Thus, for a given training volume, again, training volume being however you account for volume, right? Is it hard sets? Is it overall volume? Individuals can choose a weekly frequency per muscle groups based on personal preference, right? So if you like to train it four times a week, you can certainly do that. If you train it three times a week, you can certainly do that. If you do it once, you can do that. If you have to squeeze in 15 to 20 sets in one workout, how is that? How does that that work? Are you going to be able to get that quality volume there with it? When the volume was not equated, meaning they did different amounts overall, higher, higher frequencies were better. Likely from the fact that higher volumes allowed them to do more volume and more quality volume overall. When they didn't account for the, the the volume that they did, maybe they did more volume in that higher frequency. That obviously was led to a little bit more muscle growth there. So what does this mean for you? Training a muscle group more frequently is a way to get more volume in overall, which can lead to more muscle growth if it is quality volume. So again, this kind of goes back to, hey, is training two to three days better than one? Again, if you can get more quality volume from two to three days, then yes, it would be better. Now, again, we obviously need to look at recovery and nutrition. And those things are going to play a role as well too. But from that standpoint, it would be better. So meaning if you just train the hell out of a muscle group and you are under recovery and the volume is low quality, far from failure, you have poor technique, poor exercise selection, etc., then this likely won't lead to more muscle growth there with that, right? But if training a muscle group more frequently allows for more quality volume in a week, then higher frequencies are a tool you can use to do that to get more high quality volume. In. For example, if you need to do 15 sets for one muscle group, doing 15 quality sets in one workout may be tough. Just by the end of it, the last five, It's like how much quality volume are you actually putting in there at that point, right? From a physical, but also mental standpoint. So by splitting them up into eight sets in the first one, and then seven, you can increase the amount of quality volume you do in a week. And again, you don't have to necessarily do eight and seven. You could do nine and six, you could do 10 and five. I think once you get past that 10-ish point, eight to 10 per workout, that's probably where you start to see things maybe go downhill. Now, I do think that's not a absolute there on that. I think it's very individual. I mean, you need to see how you respond. I also think exercise selection is going to play a role in that as well, right? Eight sets of back squats is going to be different than three sets of back squats with five sets of leg extensions, right? So again, exercise selection is going to be key there. So what do I do for clients? As a baseline, I have clients train each muscle group two times per week as a starting point. Then I individualize it based on their results and biofeedback. So usually as a base, we're training each muscle group two times a week, and then we'll alter that kind of based on how Maybe what their areas, what their weaker areas are, what their stronger areas are, and also how they recover as well too. So like maybe something like Delta, they want to bring it up, training them two times a week. They're seeing pretty good results, but they want to get a little bit more volume in. Maybe we bump those up to three there on that. For example, in my uh, leg training right now, I'm just hitting each, I'm hitting quads once a week. I'm hitting hamstrings once a week. That really just comes down to the fact that legs are lower on the priority list and they're a little bit more responsive than other muscle groups. So I can get away with less volume. Therefore, I can do less frequency um, because of that. So again, to go back to our initial, Question, what about four days of training overall versus five? And we're not just looking at a per muscle group basis. Same concept would apply, like I talked about, if training five days overall allows for more quality volume, then five likely be better than four. However, when designing a client's program, it's important to take into consideration the practical side of things. If a client can only commit to four days, then that's the constraint we have to work with and we need to figure out the best way to allocate that volume within that and saying this, for some people, training more days could lead to less quality sessions overall, like that example I gave you initially of myself there with that. Another thing to consider here is how hard you train. Higher frequencies, again, training a muscle group more often usually means you will have to stay a little further from failure in each session. Otherwise, you risk being underrecovered in subsequent sessions and, redu- and risk reducing the quality of volume. So if you're going to train a muscle group three, four times a week you might have to stay a little bit further away from failure on that. Again, it comes down to recovery, but if you're going to hammer your biceps four times a week, you probably can't go to absolute failure every single time as the fatigue will just be too high at that point, therefore reducing the quality of volume. So a general overview here of frequency. Frequency by itself does not increase muscle growth. However, it is a way to increase overall volume and quality of the volume you do, which will lead to more muscle growth over time. We need to take into consideration your preferences and time constraints. Again, do you like training four days better? Is your schedule only allowed? for four? Does it only allow for three? So we need to look at that. And then higher frequencies usually mean lower intensity per session per set. So again, if you're going to train full body five days a week, You probably are going to have to train with less intensity overall to account for that. So hopefully that was helpful there. Hopefully that gave you a deep dive into the training frequency and and, and its role in in muscle growth. So again, frequency by itself isn't going to increase muscle growth, but it can be a way to increase volume, which in turn will lead to more muscle growth. All right. So with that out of the way, let's go into the second question. So reasons to do leg press over back squatting with barbell. I had a client also bring this up to me. So I think this is a, a good topic to dive into. So this is the concept of like machines versus free weight. Right? Is it better? Can you use machines? And so I think this is a good topic to dive into. But let's specifically go over the leg press and back squatting with a barbell real quick. The back squat's going to require more skill and stability, plus the ability to balance a weight. You're going to have to learn how to do that movement. You're going to have to learn how to have that weight on your back, and then you're going to have to balance that weight um, as well too. Right? So all those things are going to they require skill. So it's going to require a little bit more skill than a leg press, and all these. Whereas a leg press is not going to require as much skill. It's going to allow for more stability and you don't have to balance the weight on your back, making it something where you can place a little bit more tension on the target muscle. Let's say the quads here in this. One downside of the leg press is that depending on the machine, your range of motion could be restricted, right? So that is a downside with the machines is that it can limit your range of motion depending on what you have. Maybe it's not a great machine. Maybe your body just doesn't fit it well. So there is that. In my experience, the back squat comes with a slightly higher risk of injury, but also a higher risk of not being performed correctly. Again, you could do a back squat, but what does that execution and technique look like? And whereas the leg press, yeah, you can still mess it up. You can ground your low back. There can be an injury risk with it, but it's a little bit more easy. You don't have to worry about the balancing. You can just go up and down and you can place more tension on the quads. At least there's a higher uh, likelihood of that happening. And again, this just goes to overall machines are just as effective for muscle growth as free weight exercises. Each are going to have their pros and cons there on that. But I just want to go over a little research here surrounding, you know, machines and whatnot. There was a meta analysis. I believe this was a meta analysis. Yes, a meta analysis. And this was in 2022 from Heidel, Novak, Dinkel, and it is machines and free weight exercises, a systematic review and meta analysis. Somehow I overlooked that um, aspect of it, comparing changes in muscle size, strength, and power. And so introduction, the aim of the study was to compare changes in muscle size, strength, and power between free weight and machine-based exercises. And again, like I talked about with meta-analysis, they're looking at certain studies. And then, so they the online databases of PubMed, Scopus, and Web of Science were each searched using the following terms, free weights, or barbells, or dumbbells, and machines, up until September 15th, so they looked at that. So when strength was tested using a free weight exercise, individuals training with free weights gained more strength than those training with machines. So again, like with that, basically, what that means is that if you're trying to get better at the free weight exercise, you would need to specifically do that, right? That one. Then, like, again, so let's take a leg press versus a back squat. Like obviously, if you're going to squat, if you're trying to, basically the leg press isn't going to have much carryover into that specific lift. When strength was to, to the barbell, it will have a little bit, but obviously if you squat, there's going to be better carryover to the squat than the leg press to the squat. When strength was tested, a machine-based exercise incorporated as part of the machine-based training program, individuals training with machines gain more strength than those training with free weight. So again, same thing. Obviously, you're going to get stronger at the leg press because you're doing that. But if you're doing squat, it will help a little bit with the leg press, but it's not specifically going to do that. When strength was tested using a neutral Device, machines, and free weight exercises resulted in similar strength gains. There were no differences in the change in power or muscle hypertrophy between exercise modes. So again, that shows that, hey, if you do leg press or you do a machine or or a squat, there's not going to be a difference in hypertrophy, but it it is skill specific, right? If you specifically want to get better at back squat, you do probably want to make sure you do that. Individuals looking to increase strength and power should consider the specificity of exercise. We just talked about that and how their strength and power will be tested and applied. Individuals looking to increase general strength and muscle mass to maintain Health may choose whichever activity they prefer and are more likely to adhere to. So, again, the specificity is going to be important. If you need, if you're a power lifter, you need a back squat. There's not going to be this one-to-one carryover of leg press to back squat. You'll build some muscle in your quads, which will help with the back squat, but you need to practice that back squat specifically. But in saying that, if you're just looking to increase general strength and again, muscle mass, you're able to use machines just as effectively. And I think there's some benefits of machines, right? You're going to be able to target the muscle a little bit more. You don't have to worry about balancing and things like that. There's going to be a reduced risk of injury with machines. They're a little bit easier to use and whatnot, right? So those are my things there with machines and hypertrophy. So again, I like to incorporate a good balance. I think each have their pros and cons, but I do think we need to get rid of this notion that, oh, free weights and like barbell stuff is inherently better than than free weights. And then our last question of the day is how to find my zone two. So for the, we're gonna use the five zone scale here because there are different zones that you can utilize here. So for the vi- five zone scale, I typically do 220 minus age, then take 65 to 75% of that. So if we do that real quick, say you're 40, that's 180. Then we're gonna take 75% of that, it's so 135, and 65% of that is 117. So you're looking at 117 to about 135 as a target, potential target heart rate zone two there on that. Okay. So that's going to give it, give you your estimated zone two. You can use 60, 70%, you can use 70 to 80, right? There's different numbers here. I think 65 to 75 is a nice, happy medium. From there, you will need to use subjective markers like the talk test here to monitor this. So just something like a, a macro calculator, like it's going to get you within the ballpark, but from there you need to fine tune it. So using something like the the talk test can be helpful, right? We want want to make sure that we still can have that conversation. We can still speak full sentences with our zone two. Once we aren't able to do that, you're probably in your zone three. So you might have to adjust this a little bit because it is individual, but this will get you within the ballpark uh, there on that. And again, I also don't think you need to stress about being perfect with these numbers either. Again, look at your subjective markers, look at the numbers, the objective numbers there, and then combine those two and, and come up with that. So that's how I typically find it. And this is some trial and error. So it's going to take a little bit of time to figure that out fully, but this gets you in the ballpark, test it out. And then again, adjust, but also don't like the more cardio you do, the more important this becomes to like, make sure you are relatively close to zone two, but the less cardio you do, the more it's okay. If you go a little bit over it, we're not overly concerned with that. So just keep that in mind. So that's it for this episode. I will chat with you guys next time.